This is Workers' Comp Matters, hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, the only legal talk network program that focuses entirely on the people and the law in workers' compensation cases. Nationally recognized trial attorney, expert, and author, Alan S. Pierce is a leader committed to making a difference when workers' comp matters. Welcome to Legal Talk Network and Workers' Comp Matters. This is Alan Pierce with Pierce Pierce Napolitano, a workers' comp law firm in Salem. Today, we're going to be discussing an interesting topic, nursing the wound, the law and ethics of disability management and workers' compensation. Before we get into our topic, we want to thank our sponsor, Case Pacer, practice management software dedicated to the busy trial attorney. To learn more, go to casepacer.com. And PI Now, find a local qualified private investigator anywhere in the United States. Visit PINow.com to learn more. We've never done a show here on Workers' Comp Matters on the role of case managers and more specifically nurse case managers and what better person to have on the show than um, a return visit from Justin Beck. Justin is an associate in the law firm of Thomas Thomas and Hafer in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He concentrates his practice in the area of defense of workers' compensation claims. Justin's a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh Law School. Uh, He was a student of Judge David Torrey, who is a well-known commentator, writer, scholar, and judge in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and is a professor of workers' comp law at Pitt Law. Justin, since passing the bar, uh, now serves as co-editor of the Pennsylvania Bar Association Workers' Compensation Newsletter. His previous work experience includes working for the Pennsylvania Department of Labor and Industry Workers' Compensation Office for Adjudication. And uh, he has started his career not only by practicing uh, in this area, but writing on various topics. The most recent article that he wrote was published in the Pennsylvania Bar Association Workers' Compensation Newsletter and was picked up by Willig, the Workers' Injury Law and Advocacy Group, for its publication, Workers' First Watch. So, Justin, welcome back to Workers' Comp Matters. Thanks so much, Alan. It's good to be back. Nurse case managers in particular uh, are uh, somewhat controversial in the area of workers' comp insofar as my colleagues are concerned, those of us who represent injured workers. Some of, some of my colleagues take a view that when an insurer asks or seeks to assign a nurse case manager to a case, that their answer is always a no. I, on the other hand, I think uh, hopefully have the majority view that nurse case managers can be extremely helpful and effective in the management of an ongoing workers' compensation claim. So uh, in your paper, I uh, see that you sort of give a good balance to the pros and cons. Let's, let's kind of start off with the role of the case manager and who they answer to, what are their professional and ethical obligations and standards being hired by an insurance company to provide a service for that insurance company, but at the same time try to help an injured worker? Sure. Well, I think the first piece of that is you talk about the mistrust out there, uh, potentially from uh, injured workers' lawyers, and everybody's going to have their independent um, case-by-case experience 
um, in this arena. So really, uh, the only way we can talk about it is um, by generalizing, and uh, that doesn't apply to everybody's uh, situation or, or scenario. But in general, uh, when we take a survey of what's going on out there, I think we find that um, there is cooperation to be had. And the, the starting point, as you said, is looking at the, the education out there and um, the, the credentialing that goes on. Uh, the, f- the first part of that is um, the Commission for Case Management Certification. Uh, this is the actual accreditation organization that exists out there for uh, disability managers. In 1993, uh, there was a, an examination developed, uh, and case managers could then obtain the CCM, the Certified Case Manager uh, Credential. And it's more popular than ever these days. Um, that organization has been uh, uh, granted accreditation by the National Commission for Certifying Agencies, and today there's over 42,000 individuals that hold the CCM certifications. It's kind of the gold standard in disability management certification. Now, under that certification, not all of them are nurses. In the workers' compensation realm, we often talk about nurse case managers. Uh, about 89% of those with the CCM uh, certification uh, they are registered nurses. Uh, the second highest are social workers um, at 7%. So obviously, the overwhelming majority are nurses. Um, but that's really where I think the conversation has to start and maybe can change some perceptions is knowing that these individuals are certified, they are educated, and they have codes of professional conduct. So... What can they do ethically and what can they not do ethically if they are engaged to provide disability management services? First of all, these services can be telephonic or in person, correct? Is there a majority view as to whether most of these disability managers are assigned so that they personally meet with the injured worker or do it through some other means? These days, I think it's a it's a general mix. Um, I, I don't think, from my experience in talking with nurse case managers, there's, there's any uh, widespread rule or trend uh, nationwide. But I've certainly heard that uh, you have different experiences with the actual field nursing that goes on uh, when they're out there with the patients and just over the phone. And maybe it's a combination at times. Um, you have the nurse case manager meeting with the injured worker and uh, really having a face-to-face meeting to begin with. And then as the claim continues, they can touch base through the phone um, and even email, I see often, as a modern trend. Um, But as far as a majority rule, uh, I think it comes down to the particular culture in the state or jurisdiction uh, that you're uh, looking at. Okay. In your paper, you describe the Commission for Case Managers Certification, or CCMC, established, I think, in 1991. And you indicated that that organization publishes a code of professional conduct for case managers. Is that code available? Is there somewhere that uh, somebody can find that? Absolutely. Um, that, that code was actually originally adopted in 1996. And what it does is it establishes uh, the behavior, ethics, competency, and legal compliance standards of disability managers. It is available. It's available to the public. You just have to go onto the um, uh, the website uh, to obtain it um, from CCMC. And um, it's interesting to read because they set forth a number of 
principles that uh, disability managers have to conduct themselves by. And, uh, you know, these principles are, are pretty uh, accepting uh, from all viewpoints, uh, things such as placing the, the public interest above your own at all times, respecting the rights and inherent dignity of clients, um, maintaining objectivity in your relationship with the clients. And by clients, we mean, uh, in our context, the injured workers. And um, as well, these disability managers have to maintain their competency levels. That includes um, continuing education. And one really interesting uh, fact I, I discovered by interviewing nurse case managers and those that run disability management companies is that I, I can't speak for every jurisdiction, but there are certainly examples I've seen where uh, disability managers are um, having to complete a greater number of continuing education credits annually than attorneys. And I think that uh, the facts like that can, again, change the perception that uh, these are kind of narrowly focused advocates for just uh, the carriers and the employer. And it reminds us that these are competent, independent professionals in many ways. So what reason would a, an insurance workers comp claims department or claims representative or adjuster, what reason would they have to engage the services of a case manager? What benefit do they find by doing that? I think from the perspective of the carrier, um, you can't avoid the truth that uh, there's cost containment involved with it. Um, the studies show that it does reduce costs. Having said that, it, carriers are not assigning nurse case managers to every single claim because the cost cutting uh, does not work on every single claim. It is not as effective when you apply it to every single claim. The more prevailing theory out there and and the the statistics show that nurse case managers are often assigned to cases where red flags are already present. So if a claim comes through and um, there are suspicions of such things as malingering or uh, you know any number of uh, concerns that come up in your handling of claims, nurse case managers are then assigned uh, to those particular cases. And I think this kind of feeds that theory that when a nurse case manager becomes involved from the perspective of an injured worker's attorney, that it just complicates things and it adds tension and it makes it more difficult than it has to be. But if we think about it in its context, if the nurse case managers are generally only assigned to those claims that are complicated and have uh, a number of concerning factors, then it would make sense. You always see nurse case managers show up in complicated claims. It's not the nurse case manager causing the complication. It's the fact that the case itself is complicated. Um, so you've got cost-saving mechanisms. Um, also, a big part of it it's from the carrier's perspective because in the end it helps them, but it's more it more plays into the way the nurse case manager sees themselves. It's education. Um, it's educating the injured worker on the complexity of the healthcare system and the various players that exist within. Nurse case managers have told me that they don't see themselves as advocates simply for the employer or the carrier in the same way that we may conceptualize defense counsel. Instead, they're there to educate both the injured worker and the adjuster. And this is where the benefit comes back to the carrier and why they might want to have a nurse case manager uh, on the claim. Uh, 
oftentimes, from what I'm told by nurse case managers, uh, by interacting with the adjuster, the, the, the disability manager is greasing the wheels to obtain diagnostic studies to locate reputable specialists. And in, in a case where it's warranted, educating the adjuster as to the actual severity of the injury and explaining why the return to work is not uh, being accomplished maybe as quickly as they had hoped. So everybody in that sense would benefit in a complicated claim from a nurse case manager. Yeah, and and you've you've just introduced us to to uh, the other side of the equation. But be, be, as we get there, let's try to get there this way. There were two things at the beginning of your answer that, as a claimant attorney, stuck out more than anything. One was cost containment, and when I hear cost containment, I think of uh, saving money at the expense of what my client is seeking, either in terms of medical treatment or, or indemnity benefits. And the second thing you mentioned was the red flag of some type of specific activity uh, in the claim that is concerning to the insurer. So from a claimant attorney's perspective, neither one of those uh, rationales for a nurse case management would lead me uh, to give permission. So let's let's ask this question. In what jurisdictions, if any, is permission required or is the utilization of a nurse case manager not voluntary or is required of the injured worker? And secondly, uh, what are the, uh, flush out for us the advantages from the injured worker and or his attorney uh, for the use of a nurse case manager? Sure. Let me take your second question first. The the advantages um, from the perspective of uh, the injured worker. You know, when we have an uh, informed, educated, uh, professionally independent advocate uh, on the claim, then the injured worker can only be benefited. Um, I, I like to look at it this way. Um, I think a general theme emerges when you speak with nurse case managers directly. And it's that there's a return-to-work mentality that's required by all parties involved. So if the goal is to return to work, then the management may appear more aggressive than we're used to otherwise seeing if it's not there. Um, if, if the injured worker is just going along with whatever the doctors are saying, and we've all seen it, getting bounced around between different specialists um, and not really getting answers, well, you know, that's, that's, not, a, that's not effective and that's not efficient. So a, an aggressive return-to-work mentality is not inherently a bad thing. There is a difference between aggressive rehabilitation and simply rushing an injured worker into inappropriate uh, treatment and return to work before they are ready for it. Those are two different concepts. Um, so I think the benefit is the injured worker and through him or her, their counsel, uh, have a better idea of... Uh, what the treatment regimen looks like, where it's headed, who's providing the treatment, and there's a synergy then that occurs between the carrier, the injured worker, and the providers. Your first question then that you posed is, um, jurisdiction-wise, uh, where, where where do you have to work with a nurse case manager and where don't you? Um, so we're kind of shifting from the professionalization and the role of the nurse case manager to the actual legal side of it. The funny thing is when you look out and you survey the country, uh, this is a highly undeveloped area of the law. Now, having said that, I'll give you two examples. Uh, South Carolina passed a statute in 2012 
that does establish um, that employees seeking treatment for a disease or injury, uh, which workers' comp and benefit, excuse me, workers' compensation benefits are sought, they do consent to the release of medical records, and um, that they must be released to the insurance carrier and certified rehabilitation professionals. So right there, you have a case where, in that jurisdiction, the nurse case manager would be entitled to access to the information of the injured worker and uh, thereby uh, cooperating with them. Conversely, in Pennsylvania, we don't have anything quite as explicit. We do have a piece of our statute um, that says uh, that the carrier may uh, coordinate with a third-party uh, contractor, and that has been interpreted uh, not in the courts but kind of by custom and practice as including the inclusion of uh, disability management. But there's nothing affirmative saying that uh, the injured worker has to cooperate with them, um, and questions are now being posed and will probably eventually work their way through the courts as to, well, if as an injured worker or their counsel, I don't want to cooperate with the nurse case manager, um, am I infringing upon the contractual uh, rights of the carrier? So that's just kind of a flavor of what you're going to see in different jurisdictions as some statutes are developed or as they continue to have a void and there are no statutes and the questions that inevitably arise um, when you have nurse case managers assigned to a significant number of claims in every jurisdiction. All right. At this point, I think we will take a brief break and we will get back to Justin Beck and talking about the uh, law and ethics of disability management. We'll be right back. Case Pacer is the leading practice management software for today's workers' comp and plaintiff's attorney. Named one of the fastest growing companies in America by Inc. Magazine, we've given attorneys and their staff the ability to work from anywhere on any device. By automating workflows and streamlining non-revenue generating tasks, CasePacer enables firms to grow their practice at minimal cost. To see CasePacer in action, contact us today at CasePacer.com. Does your law firm need an investigator for a background check, civil investigation, or other type of investigation? PINow.com is a one-of-a-kind resource for locating investigators anywhere in the U.S. and worldwide. The professionals listed on PINow understand the legal constraints of an investigation, are up-to-date on the latest technology, and have extensive experience in many types of investigation, including workers' compensation and surveillance. Find a pre-screened private investigator today. Visit www.pinow.com. Now, welcome back to Workers' Comp Matters and our guest, Justin Beck. We are talking about the role of nurse case managers. Uh, Justin, I want to change uh, tone a little bit. I'm a claimant attorney. I will routinely allow uh, a carrier to assign a nurse case manager to my case, but I make that decision on a case-by-case basis. I do find value, especially in a complicated case where the nurse case manager can do a job that I cannot do, such as getting a utilization review 
denial overridden, um, getting treatment guidelines uh, that might limit a particular modality of treatment to be overridden or uh, extended. And they also uh, can also provide a service by, as you said, locating uh, and getting authority for diagnostic studies or referral to specialists that I, as a lawyer, uh, can advocate for. But uh, I find claims representatives will listen to their nurse case manager more than they'll listen to me. And my recourse is to go into litigation, which is timely, cost ineffective, et cetera. So with all of that, what virtues do you find that claimant attorneys do see in having a nurse case manager? And what what are their concerns in having one assigned to their client's case? Well, I think the concerns are are pretty clear um, that there's a suspicion that this nurse case manager, the disability manager, is an extension of the carrier. And when you throw out words like cost containment, like you said earlier, um, a concern arises that this nurse case manager is simply trying to find ways in which we can stop benefits as quickly as possible, provide as little treatment as possible. And that would be to the detriment of the injured worker. So that's the suspicion. And when you talk about meeting with the nurse case manager, whether that's in the claimant's uh, home or at the doctor's office, um, there may even be suspicion of uh, surveillance, that this nurse case manager is not just reporting the medical information, but they may well be reporting um, characteristics of how the claimant is acting, what they're doing, activities they're engaged in. So that's the clear suspicion. And I wouldn't even say that's irrational um, when you have, as the, as the injured worker's attorney, when you have a representative from the carrier uh, there with the claimant and you're not present, you're concerned about what's going on. That's in some ways natural. Exactly. In fact, anecdotally, I've seen reports or I've heard that uh, nurse case managers observed one of my clients who's been out of work for a prolonged period of time as having calloused and, and grimy hands or has observed renovations being gone going at the home. And the next thing I know, there was a surveillance uh, assigned, which, uh, you know, obviously burnt that bridge with me uh, because a service that I thought was going to be beneficial to my client was turned around to be uh, an extension of the private investigation. I think that's the minority situation, but I think that is probably one of the, the biggest reasons why my colleagues routinely will say we don't want nurse case management. Exactly. And I think you hit the nail on the head, though, when you said it's the minority situation. Uh, there will be horror stories and there will be um, bad apples in any industry, any profession, any circumstance. Um, so what you have to do then is look at it from a larger scale and say, okay, when we look at this entire industry and when we look at these um, the studies and the statistics, what does it show us? And what is the prevailing wisdom when you actually talk to those engaged in this every day and, and know what they're talking about? And I think that the conclusions you can draw from that is while we will have situations that we have to remedy um, in individuals that we have to, um, you know, maybe remedy, uh, overall, we are seeing benefits from uh, disability management because left unattended and left to the device of one party or just two conflicted parties, uh, we know that inefficiency can occur. So what we're trying to do uh, with the concept of the nurse case manager is bring in 
an independently certified um, professional who is bound by codes of ethics and bound by the law as anyone else and local regulation. Not just, remember, in the disability management context, but in their own professional context. And what I mean by that is if you are a nurse case manager, you are not only bound by disability management standards and codes of ethics, but also registered nurses and what they are bound to by state regulation, state law, um, and their own professional uh, codes of conduct in that arena. Um, So you've got somebody who is constantly thinking, or should be at least, if they're doing their job correctly, thinking about the ramifications of their actions. When we go back to the principles espoused um, by the organizations we talked about, uh, the dignity of the client. When you recall that that all of these factors are being considered by the competent uh, disability manager, then I'm not going to say your suspicions as a claimant attorney is gone, but maybe they're alleviated a bit and you're open to having, if nothing else, uh, a little more dialogue with this community. And if a nurse case manager comes up on a claim in the future, you may be willing to take their call rather than sending it to voicemail. You had um, earlier mentioned about, uh, well, first of all, you, you just mentioned about the, the ethics that they subscribe to. And I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know if you know the answer to it or not. So um, you can answer it both in terms of your knowledge of what their ethical standards are and your role as a defense attorney. But let's let's assume for the moment that a nurse case manager, with the permission of the claimant's attorney, is working with my client and is having conversations outside of my being there or being privy to, and my client says something or tells the nurse case manager or responds to a question by stating something that is extremely against his or her legal interests in terms of ability to work or perhaps doing some side work while the person is collecting benefits. What is the obligation or prohibition against that nurse case manager taking a communication from a represented client and divulging that to either a claims adjuster for the insurer and or testifying uh, before an industrial board as to the the conversation, which otherwise I would never have allowed had uh, I been present when I was having my client interact with a representative of the insurer. Yeah, that's a great question because I think that you're probably seeing that happen more frequently uh, than you would like. Um, All I needed to do is see it happen once, and I, and I think it only happened once. But um, it, I don't know if it happens frequently. I would guess it doesn't. But if it happens once, that is going to chill any lawyer's ability to recommend that it uh, happen again. So I agree that it probably doesn't happen often. But when it does happen, what... What are the ramifications of something like that ethically? Well, ethically, I think what we're doing again is revealing uh, the gray area in which nurse case managers exist right now um, because of the lack of regulation, because of the lack of law in this area. I don't know the answer to that question, and I think that not a lot of people do because there isn't an answer right now to that question. And that's kind of the the whole point of the research going on right now in this area. We don't know the ramifications. Of course, it's jurisdiction by jurisdiction, and some have fleshed this out a little more than others, but I'm speaking generally. Um, There is not a prevailing rule on this or conclusion. Um, Now, one thing we do know is that in some jurisdictions, 
the nurse case manager is permitted to speak with a the physician without your permission as the injured worker or their counsel. So therein, you have the nurse case manager potentially receiving uh, information you would wish them not to, and they can do it without any ramification because um, you know we, we have certain laws, including HIPAA, in place that permit things like that. Um, now, what you're talking about is uh, the client themselves divulging information you wish they wouldn't. In some respects, it probably would come down to ethically whether they have been uh, put under put in some kind of corner where they're, uh, you know, made to say something that they that was against their interest versus a freely voluntary statement uh, made to the nurse case manager. In terms of ethics, which, you know, is not bound by statute or uh, even case law in, in the situations I talk about in this paper, ethically, uh, that would probably be a relevant factor. Legally, right now, uh, there just isn't enough authority for us to know definitively um, what the ramifications or the liabilities are. Yeah, I, and I agree with you because I, I uh, haven't had the situation yet, and hopefully we'll never have one where something my client – and I, by the way, I mean, I do have my clients work with nurse case managers all the time because I find benefit from that. Uh, for my client, most of the time, almost all of the time. I've not run into a situation where there has been information that these case manager gleaned of really a non-medical but a legal or a disability nature that has somehow surfaced. But I, you know, try to make my decision of allowing or not allowing a, a case manager on a, on a case-by-case basis. I think you know, you and I have chatted before. I think you know the field of workers' compensation broadly, and even very narrowly in this con- context, is one of balance. There are horror stories or anecdotal uh, situations on both sides or on all sides of a case, and I think any blanket rule never to engage a nurse case manager or to always allow permission uh, doesn't serve anybody. But I think if you are looking out for the best result for your client, uh, the nurse case manager is a oftentimes very helpful professional to get from point A to point B representing your client. Any closing comments you care to make, Justin? And uh, perhaps if somebody wants access to your paper, give them uh, maybe a, a, a reference site or your email address. Yeah, for a closing comment, I would just add that we've talked a lot about ethics, but of course, there's the whole side of the law in this. Um, and one of the I think future focuses in this area is going to be the liability, the legal liabilities of nurse case managers when there is some sort of negligence or an intentional act um, alleged um, in tort. And uh, there's a mix among the states right now as to whether the nurse case manager is protected by the uh, exclusive remedy of workers' compensation or in some states um, if their uh, behavior, their act uh, is separate and distinct enough from the work injury, then they may be uh, open to liability. They may be susceptible to liability for their acts, um, and the Workers' Compensation Act in that state would not protect them. So if anybody's interested in reading a little more about this and garnering some more specifics, uh, the paper is available at uh, Judge Dave Torrey's website, and that is www.davetorrey.info. All right, Justin, once again, thank you so much for being a guest on Workers' Comp Matters. Uh, This is Alan Pierce. 
thanking those of you for listening. Stay tuned to our next edition of Workers' Compensation Matters and go out and make it a day that matters. Thanks for listening to Workers' Comp Matters today on the Legal Talk Network, hosted by attorney Alan S. Pierce, where we try to make a difference in workers' comp legal cases for people injured at work. Be sure to listen to other Workers' Comp Matters shows on the Legal Talk Network, your only choice for legal talk. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.